You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 117 with my guest today, Mark Pajama from The Pajama Planet. So in today's podcast, we talk about his new single, which is out now, called The Prelude, plus a bit of the making behind the song and what Mark does. He's actually got a new album coming out, hopefully end of this year or start of next year, called Magenta, which again, we talk about in today's podcast. So Mark is a very talented musician, so I'm sure you're going to really enjoy this podcast and enjoy the, the song, which you'll be able to hear throughout today's podcast. And again, thank you to my sponsors, Living Music, Ernie Ball, Custom Guitar Picks, and Musician. So let's have a sneak peek of the prelude before we go into the interview with Mark. your main instrument <laughs> I play i've played a lot but i've played them over different periods of time so i mean if i picked up one of the old instruments i would probably sound really shit yeah. um but it's enough of a training and then that's sort of an instrument to understand it and then sort of apply that knowledge to other instruments when i'm writing and composing mm. so i guess that's how it helps but guitar is the one i use the most nowadays and then actually you know what i use the piano more because i'm composing a lot and a lot of it is just sort of playing on the keyboard yep. i'm a far pianist that i am guitarist okay. um but it's just prevalent at the moment i'm do i do a lot of midi compositions mm. um for you know all stuff for like films and games that's 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 my job wow. so um um guitar is my guilty pleasure man when i was a teenager like it was like a work through school and then on the weekend after playing sport i would just like play guitar the whole weekend and um, that's what made me feel alive as a kid. I think I was very, I was a very bored child <laughs> for some reason. Um, and guitar just saved me, man. Yeah. It definitely did. That's great. Like a lot of people, it, it grabs you. I don't know how it does it. It just fucking goes yeah. into your soul and it's just not letting you go. And then you can't do anything in life without a guitar again. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Is that an 88 key keyboard you got right there? It is, yeah. This is, this is a very, very simple 88 key. It's a key station, M Audio key station. Wow. Um, got functionality in, in that. It, like, I just use it for a MIDI as the MIDI controller. Hmm. I had a small one before, and because I, I make products and um, sample packs and plugins now, hmm. that a lot of the time when I'm creating and coding, I need the full stretch of a keyboard to play different samples. And it was becoming such a fucking mission to like, mouse click and i was just like fuck it yeah you know got and then at the back i've got two two synthesizers from the 80s i've just start, i've just started nerding out on the synths so i've got a roland and a korg um and i started to use those in um in my video game compositions actually which is really cool and mm. um, i just love the love being able to play the instrument you know after a while using all these different synth patches and this like use you know this lead patch and this 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 after a while, I'm just clicking with the mouse, and I'm not actually playing anything. And I like to sort of just like find a melody, you know. And yep. So, so the album yeah. um, Magenta. So, is that all finished? Magenta. Is that all finished? Um, no, I don't want to lie. Uh, <laughs> let's not lie. Um, the album is not finished, but it's close to being finished. And um, 
I would say the majority of the work is is done. Yeah. Um, it's now just like trying to wrap it up in the last couple of months. The plan is to release it in December. That is the plan. Yeah. That is what we're aiming for. But you know how the world goes. Um, there's, you know, anything could, could crop up. So ideally, we're going to release in, in December. If if not, and that we are not able to meet that, then it'll be sort of at least January. Okay. But yeah, the, the plan is December at this point, yeah. Yeah. And so the prelude's the first single off the album? It's it's not only the first single, it's the song that actually birthed the album um, to start with. All right. So it was... It's a funny, funny story. The, the main theme from the song is actually built off a, a piece of music that I wrote that was rejected as a corporate video. Oh, really? So, and as a joke to myself, I was like, I was like, fuck these people. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do exactly what I should do. And I'm going to turn this piece of music into a metal song. And I try to create like this intense contrast between sort of um, I would say, you know, atmospheric, beautiful piano orchestral stuff, and then like sort of whamming in your face with with metal, mm. um, with with no warning, and and that's that's what I tried to do. And then over the years, I just kept playing around with the song, and that's what it developed into. Like the the song got more beautiful, the the melodies and themes developed and got more dense and and, and more deep, and um, yeah, it was just like such an amazing experience. I don't know, I don't know why this song is like the most fun I've ever had writing a song. And it took so damn long. The The rest of the songs do follow suit in terms of um, the similar sort of style. It's sort of, it's it's heavy on the groove and the and the sort of majestic element. You know, I like big, you know, I don't really, have, I have choruses, but there's no lyrics. So it's filled with a lot of orchestra, synthesizer and lead guitar melodies and whatnot. So my, my, my choruses, when they do appear, it's like normally once or twice a song at most. They sort of have this, to me, I always try and create this almost orgasmic cosmic um experience you know it's like you're listening to choirs and strings and all the right chords and notes that pull on your heartstrings and make you go oh yes give me more yeah. <laughs> um, if i don't feel that when i'm when i'm writing the stuff myself then i you know then sort of the riff goes out the door chopped yeah. gone you know yeah. um everything i write if, if i lose interest within two seconds of a riff or a section it is like cut so quickly. I'm so, I'm ruthless. And that's maybe why it takes so long because, I mean, the prelude probably has like, I haven't counted, maybe 20 different sections or whatever, mm. or different riffs, but I probably wrote 40 or 50, you know, okay. over the over the three year song and different variations and iterations that all combined and eventually sort of molded into one. Yeah. yeah. So do you remember what come up first for this song? It was actually the piano in the beginning. Okay. It's not exactly as it was, but it's built off, yeah, a failed piece of music, a piece of music I wrote that was rejected um, for a corporate video. So, yeah, yeah they, I mean, they, the, the company's response was, it's great. It's just way too sad. Oh. <laughs> so went, okay. Um, also, you know, corporate videos want very formulaic, generic sort of stuff. And often when I write music for commercial purposes, it's sometimes too experimental or too too deep, I dare say. You know, and they, I, I sometimes battle to do that being sort of a, I just seem, I seem to write in the sort of prog way where there's no very little repetition, but everything makes sense in terms of a flow and a story. But that doesn't really work when you're writing for a commercial sort of sense. You've got to take elements of that yeah. um, and combine and combine it with what the hell does the client and the viewer need and want at this point. So that was probably the most difficult thing to learn when coming into this world. Yeah. I was a filmmaker for 10 years before I became a full-time musician. Oh, really? So... 
Yeah, yeah I, um, I studied film at university and made documentaries for the better part of 10 years and corporate videos, and then I just sort of switched. So I was in the same sort of realm and world, yeah. but now I was going to the audio side. And, oh, wow. and I found that when I, was make, when I was making videos and movies, I was always more fascinated with the sound design and the music composition and the, the mixing of the sound. I was always more interested in that than the actual picture, yeah. which is really weird. So, <laughs> That's great. so clearly I would, yeah, I wasn't in the wrong place. I mean, I learned a whole lot of stuff that I've been able to pull into this new career path, but um, so I didn't waste my time. Yeah. But I still, I still wonder, like, what would have happened if I had actually stuck to my original plan, which is I wanted to go to university and study music, mm-hmm. and I thought viably as a career. Social media wasn't a thing yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if you didn't go, if you didn't go and be like, because I was probably going to study the saxophone. I was playing the saxophone at that point as well. I thought maybe I'll study the saxophone or finally learn classical guitar. Because I self, self-taught self myself guitar, so I don't know much. But I thought, like, you know, I, I'm not going to be a... I don't want to be a performing musician in an orchestra. That's not my vibe anymore. Yeah. I did that all through school, so... Mm. Let's study film. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, do you do all your own film clips then? Yeah, all the yeah all the music video sort of stuff. That's yeah. Normally, it's all just me setting up my own cameras or filming... I, mean, I did that with all the bands I played in for years, and then I would do it for other local bands in South Africa as well. I would film their shows or try and film them in studio and help help them provide content. Mm. I always say con- con- content is key, and you know, um, a lot of musicians um, unfortunately falter on that. They they release a song or a piece of music, and then not only do they not market it, brand it properly, or release it in the right places, but there's no follow up. There's no like music video behind the scenes how they made it or interviews and and I try to help provide this to the local musicians because I was the only one that just sort of had a camera and had any sort of film knowledge. Mm. Um, but I made a hell of a lot of friends in the local music scene in South Africa by yeah. doing that. So yeah. it was really, really cool. So, yeah. so I must ask you, did you do your own choreography in the, the latest film clip? <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's funny, like... When, when my wife and I are cooking together in the kitchen, which is not every night because we eat quite different things. She, yeah. she loves kale and, and lentils, and I like some of those, but I've got to have, you know, a chicken burger or some oven, <laughs> some oven chips. Yeah. Um, if there's music going, and if I'm in a particularly good mood um, without knowing it, I normally start dancing, and um, my wife, Lyndall, always just refers it to my, my just Mark's kitchen dancing. Um, and I guess it just, you know, when I'm happy, there's my body likes to express itself and I don't claim to have any amazing dance moves um, or to an incredible dancer. But I just, you know, if if I'm not comfortable to I'm in my mid 30s now, I'm 35. If I'm not comfortable at this age to dance in my pajamas and put that in a video, um, you know, live or on the internet, then why the hell am I doing this? Yep. Because you've got you've got to be fearless. And like, yeah. it re- I really don't care at the end of the day, because it's just me dancing in my little room here. And like, you know, then I put it online, and then I just can just forget about it. In a way. <laughs> so there's nothing better than just just feeling you got to just feel the feel the groove. And it doesn't matter what your limbs do, as long as you're having fun. That's you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of Hawaiian dancing. <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh, I loved it. It's great. Yeah. great. Great little clip. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, all the other ones you did as well. I noticed I went back and saw was it um, the one for red, green, and all the colors, <laughs> all the songs? Um, oh. Yeah, mm. 
there's some great little songs, uh, great clips there as well, like yeah, in the studio. I really like that angle you've got, you know, you've got the drummer behind you playing and you're... I guess I was fascinated by, when I did, when I worked in film, I was more fascinated by multi-camera environments than I was with following somebody with a camera and, and recording, a you know, filming a documentary. So I became obsessed with whenever I was doing something in my studio or in a band room, I was always just so focused on where am I going to put the cameras? Yeah. What angles am I going to get? Am I going to get? when I edit this together, how's it going to look? So what I would do is when I was recording my debut album, Max Chops, and I had, I had two different drummers and I think four or five different lead guitars, I would, I would have these, these guys in and I'd, we'd be recording, but I made sure that every, at least every 20 to 30 minutes, I moved all the cameras around. Okay. And this, this provided this sort of, those videos are very static. There's not a lot of moving cameras because, you know, I'm filming everything and recording and doing all that stuff at the same time. Yeah. But to me, it made it way more engaging than a standard visualizer on the screen with a song playing. You know, I, I mean, as a listener, would you rather see the musician you like playing that piece of music? Or would you rather look at a, a static JPEG on the screen? You know, so yeah. <laughs> if, if, it, if, you know, if there's an opportunity to provide an extra bit of value and you have it within your grasp and it's, you just do it. You know, I, I, a lot of, I, I meet a lot of, um, a lot of local guys here and this is not digging at anyone at all, but when I try to um, nowadays get, get guys and girls to do some of their own video stuff and, you know, record them in their, in their room or just do some streaming or send an update video as soon as people are met with any layer of friction, like, oh, but that means I now have to put the footage in my machine and edit it, and then I have to export it. For some reason, this provides so so much of a, a hurdle. And I, and I find, like, if, if you're wanting to achieve something like, you know, okay, this week I want to just put out one tiny piece of content. Mm. I want to put out a clip of me playing an instrument in my... Um, in my studio. There are various ways you can do it. You can put up your cell phone and just record a selfie and put it straight up to, to Facebook or Instagram. No problem. But there are people who want to do it with slightly higher quality. So they go and get cameras and they go and get this and they go and get that. But then it becomes a giant, almost like a, a giant effort for them to sort of take all this this, this content and, and, and put it together and, and put it up. And I've always just reminded myself that like and it's sort of what I said earlier, if I'm not willing to go that, just give it, it's not, it's not extra effort. It's just a couple, it's probably like half an hour of your time. Mm. If you're not willing to do that, to get out your piece of content, then again, you need to question why you're doing it. Because then you're just, you're just in a position where you're providing the world with something that they probably don't need or want, and then just expecting them to lap it up. Yep. Right? Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Totally, I'm totally waxing lyrical here, but you've clearly triggered me. <laughs> but, but something, the the, the lackluster um, attitude of, of of you know creating content and providing your your fans with content. It shouldn't be something that is hard, but I feel the uh, you know people are met with friction in certain areas because technology can be difficult. So what I have told a lot of people is screw getting a camera and getting edits you know it doesn't matter mm. just put up your phone record a video and put it online it doesn't matter what you're doing regular content keeps you on the tip of people's tongues and in doing so 
they will be reminded or they will think of you when something relating to you comes up. Oh, has anybody heard of this musician? Oh, I'm looking, for, you know, talk like myself, for example. Oh, you know, somebody's looking for a producer. If I'm on the tips of their tongues because they've been seeing music and music videos and they like that stuff, then hopefully they would think of me because I've got enough content out there to to keep it relevant. But if you're not going to do that, then um, difficult situation. Yeah. There endeth the lesson and the monologue. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, I love you know, seeing all the, the different type of film clips and different type of things as well. You know, it just adds to it, like you were just saying. You know, it's, it's great. Diversity, you know, yeah. um, bringing somebody into your world, you, you're providing a creation, so why not show them how you created it? And and including somebody in it makes it more personal, hopefully, hopefully for them. And in, and in doing so, they become more attached. Yep. And therefore, yeah, for sure. it makes sense to me. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely makes sense. Yeah. Do you do a lot of the, the programming of the drums first when you do the songs and then give it to the drummer and say, hey, do this? Uh, yes. Uh, yes and no. I will program the drums to an extent so that I get the general feeling that I want. But often I'll be copying and pasting drum sections myself when I'm writing. And then, you know, I'm, I know that I'm never going to release that piece of music with just the program drum. So as long as I have the, the essence of what I want to achieve in that moment, and then have a, you know, you've got to be open and, and, and honest. Have an honest, open, thorough conversation with the musician about what it is that you're wanting. Mm. Um, from that point on, it's fairly easy. The, the chap who played drums on this song, uh, Gareth Lloyd, he's, he, played in, he played on my first album and he also was the drummer in my previous band, which was called All Guns Full Ammo. Great okay. name. Yeah. Uh, also very hard to remember. People always got it wrong. Um, <laughs> He, so he's been with me for ages playing drums. I just love his style. We, we connect, we work together quite well. You know, if I write a, a piece of music that, that he doesn't understand, he will tell me so and then we'll work it out. You know, it's happened before where I've written a riff. He's then played the drums over it in person with me and we both decided that the combination just doesn't work and we both had to rework that section to make it, to make it fine. But yeah, I think it's a combination of both. But in this particular instance, because of um, lockdown, Gareth was at home in Cape Town in South Africa, and I'm about 400 kilometers away. And yeah. we would just, he would just set up his, his, his e-kit and record a few sections and then literally send me a cell phone video of his laptop playing it back and he would ask for my thoughts. Um, and once he had a full rough take, hmm. then he would send it back to me and then I would sort of reprogram in a way. I would just make it, make it sound a little bit more machine-like and less human, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And again, like if, as long as the as long as the drummer can can get the essence of the feel that you're wanting in that moment, I I just love how some somehow they they provide you with something you'd never even thought of. Um, mm. And I probably half of the prelude, the the feel for various sections, fifty percent of them are not how I program them, okay. because he he just had such a better idea. the The whole bridge section is like it's got like this very upbeat feel to it i did not write it like that at all i mean i was like you know the sort of real slow groove and he just ramped it up and it took me 
literally one listen and I went, I am sold. <laughs> suddenly the song has twice as much energy. And you can't do that by yourself all the time. Even yeah. if you are a drummer, you can't, you can't think of every single instrument and every implementation. Yep. If you in involve just one other person in your music, it will be infinitely better. The other really cool thing is we um, some of your film clips as well. I noticed you had the like the like the MIDI file, you know, the keyboard following oh, on the screen. The actual notes of the MIDI and the synthesizer yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So if anyone wants to play along, yeah. they can yeah, follow along. Exactly. Like, again, that's just thinking of ways to provide a slight bit of extra value. You know, I um, I think in those videos, I only had two pieces of artwork done for the the debut album, which I still use and abuse every day. Mm. But back then, there were static images. I hadn't separated the the Photoshop files into different layers, and now I have done so, and I can actually do some slight animations, which again brings more life and adds extra value. Yeah. But back then. Adding the the notes was, I guess, sort of a, like a, a little, I guess, like a little high five to myself to show maybe other people who understand orchestration, like, okay, check what I'm actually doing uh, if you are interested to see what's what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that was quite fun. What I had to do was I had to set the background of my recording software to be the color green. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I filmed, I, I screen captured the 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 song playing over the midi and then i had to physically green screen out the background ah. and then the midi notes were there so that's how i did it so okay. it's, it's taken straight straight from my recording software which is cubase yep. but i had to do a little little weird magic there to, yeah. to sort of get the get that stuff out <laughs> it works well it's the same thing yeah. with this music video now i didn't want to do the same thing before you know i, yep. I can't I can't just, you know, I, have, I didn't film with anybody with, I didn't record with anybody with me in my office in my, my studio here. They were all in different cities. So mm. they sent footage to me and then I filmed myself in a green screen and superimposed myself onto my drummer cymbals or superimposed myself onto the pajama planet, which, and, you know, had to, um, and then, you know, made the planet spin around or fly yeah. through space or, because <laughs> why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy who's going to, Get my band together and take a black and white photo under a bridge. It's not, it's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. you know? We we dress up in 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 dressing gowns and and hold cigars and sit in ornate couches and take a photo. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> I I make flowery, heavily melodic, symphonic metal with very little like there's there's power, but it's not aggressive. I guess the, the reason why it also took so many years was I was finessing the production skills as I, as I went, doing working on commercial music, and then I, I didn't release anything personally, you know, like from the soul, music from the soul. Yeah. Uh, for, since my debut album, I released, I have three other offerings online, but they are all soundtracks that I did for video games. Okay. So I was paid at, I was following a brief. They're all still related to heavy metal, but it wasn't as personal. Yeah. And so I and so yes, I also use those as testing grounds for different techniques. But this this song, the the prelude, you know, worked on it for so many years that I just every couple of months I went back and revisited and would change some things up. You know, I would I would have purchased some new samples or some new packs and I would change the orchestra up, change change up some of the drums until I was until I was happy. And 
It's not that typical like metalcore sound that we're also used to nowadays. Yeah. It doesn't have that sort of a sound. And I've, I've tried to mix that song in that way and it just doesn't work. What I did was I went for a more sort of open, it's got the sort of more, more open, I dare say live sound in terms of the space that's created around the instruments. And to me, it sounds like the song's being played at you in like a, like a, like a small venue or a hall rather than like this crystal clean, you can hear every, every instrument perfectly. Because sometimes a lot of metal mixes, although, you know, beautiful, they, it sounds to me like a lot of the instruments aren't really cohesive. You know, everything's been mixed in a certain way to provide a lot of power and aggression, but there's, sometimes it just doesn't fit. So I try to create a sound that where everything sort of blended together and it literally was like you were watching a symphonic metal band play at you from an, you know, inside an atrium. Yeah. yeah. Sort of sound I would, it's the sound I was going for, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's excellent. I can't wait to hear the, the rest of the album. No, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything but, yeah, like this one, yeah, it's going to be great. That's the idea. Yeah, that's right. That's the idea. I haven't, I haven't settled on the number of tracks either. There are a few that might need to be cut because they just don't, they just don't, they don't make me tingle as much as the rest. So, you know, why, why, keep, the, why keep the bad eggs around? Yeah. You know, if I don't like it, else is going to like them so screw it yeah. get them out of here pajama planet is a starless planet hurtling through space it was born as such because a solar system lost its sun and filled the planet surrounding it with so much radiation that a planet like Pajama Planet started glowing with phosphorescence because of all the, because of all the, the high radiation levels. So there's no sun, everything is in perpetual night, but this planet is very bright because of all the luminous colors. Magenta is the second character to be introduced in the world of Pajama Planet, the first being Max Chops from the first album. Magenta is a warrior, a female warrior, who has a loyal beast named Kenji, who sits by her side at nighttime and hunts with her during the day. Well, I say day, but you know, it's not really day and night. Sleep time and awake time. If you as an evildoer on Pajama Planet are slain by either Magenta or Kenji, you are, your soul is banished for eternity and you disappear. If not, and you are pure of heart, your soul joins what is called the fold. The fold on Pajama Planet is a whispery, bedsheet-like substance that is a luminous sort of a blue. You can actually see it in the artwork. It's so it surrounds the planet like almost like an atmosphere. The fold is made up of the souls of all of the pure of heart ancestors of Pajama Planet and the fold along with Magenta and Kenji are the ones that protect the living creatures on Pajama Planet. So a bit of a convoluted story, but she is a warrior. She is adept with her weapon. She almost fights with dance-like abilities and she's very powerful. So as such, the music for the album is groovy, um, not aggressive. It's somewhat majestic, but it has a lot of power. So just like, just like the character. Um, so that would be the easiest way for me to describe the crazy, weird space my brain often goes into <laughs> late at night. It sounds, like, it sounds like a great short film. 
That's the idea, man. The, the plan has always been from the beginning that I will have collected enough art and enough music to produce a, a teaser trailer to an, an animated film using all the concept art I have and the music uh, you know, over the years that I would have collected. Mm. I do want to turn it into a film one day because there, there are lots of characters and scenarios that I want to delve into. But hopefully coming out next year, something very exciting. I'm going to be producing the first graphic novel. Oh, wow. Um, from Pajama Planet. So okay. that's going to, be, going to be quite fun. Really? I'm really looking forward to that and really expanding the world and expanding the canon. And um, In the beginning, people didn't know what it was. And they're like, what's special about you? You play music in your pajamas. We're all in our pajamas all the time. So what's, what's special? I was like, no, it's just a name. It's actually a concept in a world. And they're like, oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, have, I have got met with a bit of uh, upheaval sometimes. They're like, you know, we all we all work at home in our pajamas. I'm like, oh, that's not why I'm called Pajama Plan. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm pajamas as a result of the name, not because the name is not because of what I do. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the that's the origin of Pajama Planet and, and where where the world's going and you know it's what I it's what I like to do is produce music that that sort of inspires, provides a bit of awe because of the the musical colors and the power and the the sort of majestic. Uh, soundscapes that I, I like to create. I'm a very emotional, dramatic person, so my music is is nothing but an extension of my personality. All right. Well, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, and again, I don't know how to say thank you enough. And thanks to Debo, who's been organising all yeah. this great stuff. That's it. Thanks, right. dude. Have a good one. No worries. Bye-bye.